Nariko Ott. Yeah. We read 1984. What is one your favorite thing about it? What's one compliment for the for the book? Uh, um, it's as gloomy as I am. Uh, <laughs> so that worked out great. It it matched you. That's perfect. Uh, Amanda, what's yeah. your major compliment? Uh, my major compliment is that I'm a huge dystopia nerd, and this is the first dystopia novel that I read, so I can trace it all back to here. This opened doors oh. for you. It did. Yes. Uh. All, doors were bad thi- like like doors were bad things happen usually right yeah yeah like, yeah i don't know what that says about me that i love them so much um but yeah uh, i i haven't gotten back into the genre lately what with how things are so <laughs> yeah i'm mean, a little too real. Just i don't, I don't get that reference right Randa. what are you talking about <laughs> so do you remember what happened last year <laughs> wait no i don't remember anything that happened that's uh... <laughs> Big Brother tells me not to remember stuff. I don't remember stuff. What are you saying? <laughs> it does seem yeah, like... If, yeah, wait, if you're, if you're a uh, dystopian nerd, shouldn't you be super excited for the world to become <laughs> dystopian? This is like... No. Yeah, everyone is like live cosplaying dystopians right now. Yes. Dystopian. It's so good. <laughs> well, our, well, our, we're all LARPing. Uh, is this not what you wanted, Amanda? There, not there are not enough rips in my clothing for this cosplay. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this is not what I expected. All right, my major compliment is there's one line that made me laugh out loud that doesn't make sense without any... There's no context. You don't need any context. Here it is. I know what oranges are. I've heard of those. They're kind of a round yellow fruit. (laughs) (laughs) It's not wrong. It's not entirely wrong. Uh, (laughs) That's great. I would never have thought of describing an orange by any color that is not in its name already. Uh, Ezra, major compliment. Oh yeah, just now nah, I, I got that on a level I didn't get it before. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, 1984. So this is one of the few books that I think that I don't usually reread books, and I don't usually read classics. Uh, and this is like one of the few classics I think that I've read twice. Uh, holds up well twice. Like it's still still like like I liked it then, uh, and I liked it now. I don't know. Like it's 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 pretty accessible. That's and pre- also pretty for, broad for a book that you. Well, no, just, I guess the other thing is. For a book that you like, not all books, you know, when you tell people you read them, people are proud of you, you know, but some books, you <laughs> right? And, and like, this is like not a bad one to read because for a book that like, you know, people are like, oh, good job reading that. Uh, it's pretty short on the whole, your, which is always a nice. Thing. Your major compliment mm-hmm. is that people are proud of you. <laughs> and that it doesn't uh, take long to make them proud of yeah, you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a good tip for everyone. <laughs> Sorry, do you want do you want to have to wait longer for people to be proud of you, Alex, or or are you, you know, also chomping at the bit like I am? <laughs> good morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about classics of American literature. <laughs> always have Excellent. been always, always will be uh, I'm your host Alex Falcone you can find me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone and uh, I have got a, a great panel today who I actually didn't bother to introduce to each other all before we started <laughs> so this is their first time meeting but uh, first up you guys all know him he's Ezra Fox hey Alex hey. not you, you Noriko. Uh, Noriko don't say shit. hi this is Ezra's what turn Ezra Fox I just said hi oh okay <laughs> <laughs> I just said hi <laughs> 
It would be so weird <laughs> if I had gotten two Ezra Foxes. Like, sorry I didn't uh -oh. introduce you, Ezra. This is you and this is your clone that I made. Oh, man, this is such a weird way to reveal that for me. Uh, I think it's appropriate in this episode, though. Yeah, oh, it would be. Uh, well, I was going to... Do some bit about everyone knows what's what behind room 101, but now like this is this is what's we're inside room 101. It's another Ezra Fox. This is actually my Wait, worst nightmare. Your greatest fear <laughs> is yourself again, because I would be like, finally, someone who gets me. <laughs> uh, all Ezras are really proud of their own uh, uniqueness and would know they would kill, do no, no matter what it would take to stop it being the only one. So all it's right. kind of it's a highlight situation. Right. Also <laughs> joining us today, probably not a clone of Ezra. Uh, from skeptic.org and at Amandable on Twitter in Boston. It's Amanda Linebaugh. Hi, nice to be here again. Um, yeah, I hope you love my new anti-sex league sash. It's really <laughs> becoming on me. It's the junior anti-sex league. You've not made it to the big leagues oh, yet. Damn it. <laughs> the Cubs got anti-sex leagues. I'm working my way up. I mean... It does seem like the uh, anti-sex league would have the the most. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Abstaining your way all the way to the top. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Normally, I don't like when someone tells me to wait while I'm doing a bit so that they can do a bit. But that was worth. It. You were right. That I... bit was a supreme bit. <laughs> I thought so. You can do a bit now if you want. No, it'll only be downhill. Uh, all I was gonna say was that the anti-sex league probably has really boring matches. Because a league. See, yours was better. Why did he win? Oh, yeah. Also, we have a that very, was downhill. very special guest. It would have been fine if Ezra hadn't done it first. <laughs> also, very special guest. First time on the show. Uh, really easy to get him on, too. It's just been smooth oh, yeah. sailing. <laughs> At Noriko underscore Ott on Twitter. In uh, You're in Brooklyn, right? Yep. In Brooklyn, New York now. It's Mr. Noriko Ott. Thanks for being here, dude. Hey. Hey. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I, Sorry. Uh, oh my God, technology is the best. Is when the you best. were when you were five minutes away, we never had you on the podcast. But now that you're technologically impossible in Brooklyn, I was like, we got to make this happen. <laughs> oh God, I can't. Uh, well, my one laptop took a crap, and then I'm using this backup one I got for Christmas, and it's not great. So. So we're we're on via phone. Yeah, you're calling in today. So Nenrico, Nenrico used to be Portland's funniest person, and now he is New York's ten thousand funniest. What? Are you, how are you doing over there? Are you um, doing well? Um, I'm still Portland's funniest person for uh, a few more months. Uh, I don't know if you can do that when you're title. not here. I think you have to be here. Well, it's not the. It's, I think he's still up Portland. Me. Yeah. Did you say we have to come get yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, you have to come get me. <laughs> oh, it's like it's like a, a boxing where like the the title doesn't pass on until you convince someone else to fight you and then lose. <laughs> I'm just I'm King Georging it all the way yeah, from the other coast. <laughs> uh, all right, so this is episode number three hundred and eighty-two of the podcast. Nobody's uh, wow. Yeah, I know. Uh, we've now done as many episodes as the number of days that Angus Barbary, then 27-year-old Scotsman, ate no food. Whoa. Hmm. Is, he, is he all right now? He's, he lived through it. Well, he's uh, <laughs> probably dead now, but um, this was in 1966. Uh, it was the second longest recorded fast. He consumed zero calories for 382 days, supervised by doctors who checked his blood sugar to make sure he was eating nothing. Because um, apparently over there they don't have to take the do no harm pledge. 
Wow. Um, he did take... Oh, wait. He, did he take lost some, a lot of weight. Yeah, he lost like... Yeah, well, that's how that works. <laughs> You're surprised no, but, that he lost weight? No, but a lot. Like, it says like like almost like, 300 pounds. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a lot of weight. That was his... It was not for a Guinness record. It was to lose the 300 pounds, apparently, which I didn't want to mention because I don't want to encourage... I don't want to make sure it's clear that this was dangerous and stupid. That's what I want to make sure when he was saying. Yeah, this. yeah. Um, he took vitamins occasion- occasionally throughout his fast, including potassium and sodium su- supplements, and he also was allowed to drink coffee, tea, and sparkling water. Because when I'm really hungry, <laughs> what I love is to get real caffeinated, just get yeah. the jitters going. Just some nice <laughs> black coffee. Yeah. yeah. A- Angus was not a great person to be around during this year or so. Oh man, I bet. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, speaking of bleak ideas from the mid-century, this week we were talking about the book named after the year of our Lord, 1984, written, of course, by Mr. George Orwell. Uh, why are we doing this? Um, we've just been, <laughs> no reason. We've just no been reason at all. To. We've just been, we just finally got around to it. <laughs> we've been wanting to read this since high school when we were supposed to have read it, and just, just got around. No, it recently actually reached number six on Amazon's bestseller list after the election. Um <laughs> Gosh, weird. Yeah, I know. Uh, Although the most amazing thing about that is because it was Amazon's list, numbers one through five were all Zelda (laughs) walkthroughs. America was like on fire, but like they still had some shit to get done. (laughs) Well, yeah, you can't you can't take all the time you want in a peruse, and you need you need some help getting through that world also. Yeah. Uh, Oh wait, side note. Oh yeah, the Water Temple and Ocarina of Time is a real pain. Yeah. It's, it's harder than you think it's gonna be. <laughs> what I mean, essentially though, isn't this basically like a dystopian walkthrough? I mean, like it's at least like how not to do it. Yeah, I don't know if you could, that's the a walkthrough is like uh, get caught by the thought police. I would feel like the okay. walkthrough would be more like look behind the painting, idiot. I mean, this is a really good way to have some sex for a little bit of time. <laughs> so your reading of 1984 is as a sexual walkthrough. If you will, it's, it is a weird walkthrough to be like, "Hey, you're stuck and you're dead." <laughs> well, no, it's like you're stuck, you're dead, and you love Big Brother, so you do win in the end. Well, it's also yeah, how to okay. Other great ways that this is a walkthrough for how to get over your fear of rats. Um, oh, oh yeah. uh, no, no. <laughs> I do remember at the end where he was like, now I like rats. <laughs> what if Big Brother was a rat? What if that's the big reveal? <laughs> this whole thing was big rat. <laughs> so let's just say hypothetically you had not read this book uh, at all yet or had not read it since high school or you had not seen um, the commercial for Apple products. So what are you going to do? Um, let me let me give you a summary real quick. So this summary is a I, I I pulled the visual plot summary from Schmoop University. Oh, that's a good university with a name like Schmoop. It's got to be good. Real trustworthy name, the Schmoops. I pronounced Trump. <laughs> so here's the eight point walkthrough of here of how it all goes down in 1984. Number one. Winston Smith. We meet Winston, a citizen of Oceana, who works at the Ministry of Truth. Part two, journal. Winston copes with his misery by writing in a secret journal when it when the telescreens are not watching. Super emo, right? <laughs> yeah, so far this book could go a lot of different directions, and one of them is he starts a band. <laughs> Goes to Hot Topic. 
<laughs> but then step three. Realizes it's all bullshit, man. <laughs> <laughs> step three, Julia. Winston becomes attracted to Julia at work. Winston fears she is a member of the Thought Police until she slips him a love note for Love Nest. And this is all in a visual summary. So the Love Nest has a just a door that says do not disturb on it, which is like really not sneaky if you're running from the Thought Police. Anyway, Winston and Julia fall in love and meet in a secret in a secret where they oh yeah missing a word schmoop come on um <laughs> they fall in love and they meet in in secret where they believe they're unwatched all right i take back my insult schmoop that was me misreading you had all the words there i'm so sorry side, side note uh love nest was uh b52's great hit as well <laughs> <laughs> the the nope i can't do it um <laughs> Step five, O'Brien. Winston is drawn to the revolutionary brotherhood. He then seeks out their leader, O'Brien, who plans to share the brotherhood's manifesto. Six, surveillance. O'Brien turns out to be a member of the Thought Police. Winston and Julia are arrested and find that their room was being watched. Seven, room 101. O'Brien tortures Winston in room 101. Faced with his deepest fear, rats, Winston tells O'Brien to torture Julia instead. This is so cute. This makes it seem like a kid's book almost. <laughs> it's just so like so simple this way. And there's a little picture of a cute rat. Uh, and then step eight, <laughs> reconditioned. In the end, Julia and Winston are turned back into true members of the party. They now ignore, ignore each other as if nothing happened. Which really makes it seem like, the summary makes it seem like the whole point of the book was Winston and Julia falling out of love. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. There's yeah. not really anything else going it's on. An it's interesting just, take. Do they talk? Are they hanging out? What are Winston and Julia up to at the end? <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I feel yeah. bad for get for thinking that Shmoop University had messed up. Um, and as a as a graduate <laughs> a graduate of uh, Mups University, <laughs> I was not prepared to read. <laughs> anyway, I don't even, I don't know what Shmoop University is. Probably not a real accredited institution. Anyway, so that's what happened. That's the summary of the is book. It an acronym. That's the book. Um, I doubt it. Schmoop. Okay. Um, no, it's like a yeah, it's like a test prep or spark notes type spark type notes thing. type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Really shouldn't call it university then. Um. Anyway, so let's start here for our discussion of this book. Um, let's. So, did everybody read this in high school? As you already mentioned, that you had. Uh, actually, no. I wrote it. Read it post high school. Of my own accord and felt super dope. <laughs> <laughs> Were people I... proud of you, Ezra? Or just you proud of yourself? <laughs> I, I was proud of myself the loudest, but I think other people chimed in. <laughs> I read it by choice in high school. That's oh. how cool I was. Oh, also pretty dope. That, that, I think I did the same thing. So, um, are, are you guys, yeah, when you guys say choice, do you mean the illusion of choice? I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so sure I had to read this for school. I can't imagine I read it on my own, but I guess it's possible. I didn't read a lot on my own. Although I also I read uh, I read uh, um, Aldous Huxley too, and I, I don't remember if that was on my own or for school. Did you guys read? Did you guys read that too? Yeah, that was also yeah. Uh, optional for me. But yes, I, I, I don't like Brave New World as much. I yeah, me that's a really this is kind of an interesting divide that I found it from people. Do you got like so Ezra? You also didn't like it as much. No, not as much. What do you, what do you know? I, Enrico, yeah. Shit, I liked it, but yeah, I think I liked 84 better. And I read them back to back. I, re oh, I definitely nice. read them about the same time, too. And I, I feel like I, I liked Brave New World better because 
I it just seems more likely that the future is we all have drugs and sex and don't care about politics versus this one where it's like the government is keeping us poor to keep us in line. I just I just always feel like mm-hmm. the the more likely dystopia we live in is um uh like everybody is just but, soft now. Yeah. I feel like that's that's yeah, but, fair. But Brave New World is also a genetic caste system, which was like Oh yeah, the betas uh, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. 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 So that's almost, and s- that's suddenly everything more... goes all red pill. Mm. Yeah. I, I. I mean, that is. It, I don't know. For some reason, that just makes more sense to me than the idea that they're so into the financial caste system that they have this apparatus where they're like Winston tortures him for like months. Like Winston's full time job is torturing one guy for like oh, six months. Oh, sorry, job? not Winston. Yeah, O'Brien. O'Brien's full time job is torturing Winston for six months. Like. That is super wasteful of your party. I was watching him for like seven years before. And no, like, yeah, I I was with you. And like, I I didn't know how this could possibly be sustainable with that much care. Like, I like, I guess I appreciate all the governmental, like actually like one-on-one time. But like, I was like, this seems like bloat to me. (laughs) Yeah, it does seem like (laughs) the torturer student ratio. You're you're more of a small dystopian government sort of person. (laughs) (laughs) You're more of a torture libertarian. (laughs) <laughs> oh, isn't that all of them? Yeah, but like I don't know. I mean, think about how torturous the DMV is, and we all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I I feel like bureaucracy. Like, Brave New World yeah. was like, we'll just put a little bit of alcohol in the uh, when they're a fetus, and then we'll then they'll just be happy, and we don't need to worry about it. I don't know. I also was like a teenager and I was like, cool, sex belt. I don't know. It just seemed like... It worked for my mom. (laughs) (laughs) Dark. (laughs) That's not true and I'm so sorry. I love you, mom. (laughs) Good good save. Yeah. She tuned out right after the first joke, but if she had stayed listening, she might have liked that second apology. I don't know. I just... I just feel like the 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 dystopia of, that I expect is more like Wally than like 1984. It's more like just you know we made food cheap and now no one wants to rebel because they can just sit in chairs and eat food as opposed to like we're spending all this time keeping you from eating because we know that'll keep you from rebelling. I feel like just keep it like it just makes so much more sense to dystopia by letting us be happy, right? But it's also you know pretty cheap to just. Uh not give us any rights and then change what facts are and then you know well yeah so i guess that's the other thing that's really one of the things that stands out to me so i guess then this is the next thing we should talk about is like so we're reading this obviously because it feels sort of relevant again and um so i was like definitely reading it with that an eye towards that like what is this what parts of this do feel like prescient like they predicted this that's happening right now and what parts do not feel like they got it right and that's one of the big ones that stands out to me is the thing about facts because the 1984 is all like we can just we've just we've changed the past we are we control all the information you will only ever see a newspaper clipping that we write and what's actually yeah. happened is there's too much information and people yeah. some people just don't want to find it so it's it's just it feels like they miss he missed by a hundred percent but in a really interesting way yeah. Uh, one of the best jokes that I've heard recently um, that had me just crying with laughter at a party was we were talking about when um, uh, Trump called Australia and like pissed them off. 
and like how fucking weird that is. And the response was just, we have always been at war with new Australia. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. <laughs> like, Oh my God, that's what's happening in the middle. I was kind of pushing back against it while I was reading. it. I was like this, I, I don't want to stretch this metaphor. I don't want to make it seem like the world is really like this, but man, the images and some of the language from this book sure are relevant in conversation all the time. And I think that's something mm-hmm. to his credit. Yeah. You, you could definitely say that. Oh yeah. We've always been at war with ISIS. I mean, it does uh-huh. like it does kind of well, come Russia. Up. Russia has always been our close ally. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. what it is. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The Russian one is definitely it because, like, you're just like we're, we're Trump voters just don't even. Yeah, where you're like they're like what? What name one time Russia's ever not been our buddy? <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And oh, and that. instead of but instead of being like we are controlling the facts, it's just like no facts exist. So it's that's kind of an interesting mm-hmm. thing. Uh, yeah, but, I mean that, that's the thing about the like the like Ingsoc is that like like that's a okay. So I should say I've had to do rebranding before, uh, like <laughs> at my company, and like Crisis that's a lot re- of work rebranding. Or so, like, you weren't rebranding because you'd accidentally bet at war for the wrong, with the wrong people for no, 10 no, years. no, 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 no. We wanted to make the logo different. <laughs> oh, okay. So slightly, yeah. Uh, um, I was just checking. But, but I, I, yeah, no, it's, it's a good, it's a good ask. But but I should say like that's a that's a lot of work. Like that was a lot of work just to get rid of like a logo. And like so like hats off to Winston and his crew because like they like eliminated an entire war. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> that's like. Like that's a lot of work. So I like that's how I was like, oh my god, this is a lot of work to nope. do that. I was oh. really really impressed. And you know what? They did all that without the internet. They did that through tubes. Yeah, they had well, the internet was tubes though. So yeah, that was pre-internet. So they were literally like changing pieces of paper and like, that were coming like through like pneumatic like... bank tubes and spitting on his desk, and then he would like cross stuff out and put it through another tube. That yeah. is so much like work. Like they're opening books and they have like a label maker out and they're like changing, <laughs> like they're putting a little, they're typing Russia over where it said like ISIS. There we go. There we are. That's uh, all Yeah. Fun. Oh man, that label maker idea. You just open a book in 1984 and it's just entire pages of label maker tape covering all, every, every word. <laughs> yeah, that's how we print books. Well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh yeah, um, it is interesting too because because this is like pre technology, so all of it is like it missed the internet for information. And I would love to say, right. man, once we have the inter- internet, there's all this information. No one's gonna have any. There's not gonna be any of this nonsense going on. But it turns out, <laughs> China. You could, you could just yeah, you could just well. So there's China, <laughs> North Korea, or you can just choose where you read and just read the wrong things. You can like only yeah. read Breitbart, and then you're like self Chinaing yourself. Oh, yeah. That, oh. It's weird that. Like, oh, sorry. Go for it. No, no. It was you. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. It's weird that the destruction of information wasn't a single government like uh, goal. It's just the fact that we have the internet and now literally everything, all ideas are simultaneously happening all at once. So, yeah. You know, that it's been destroyed through just um, too many voices. Yeah. Which is like. We don't have to change thing. the text of like, something because we know no one will ever go back and look at it. So we'll just keep yeah, right. new stuff. Well, I mean, or very few, but yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. So like, um, I have I have a coworker right here in Brooklyn. Uh, she's she's rad. She's this uh, Jamaican lady, and she has these crazy theories about stuff. And I ask her things all the time because I'm just like. Um, 
because like uh, she said she never voted for Obama. Uh, and, I, and I was like, oh, why not? And she's like, oh, we've had lots of black presidents. So I'm like, oh, have we? And she said, they were, I'm not even kidding you. Wait, what? He said we had six black presidents before George Washington. And I'm like, wow, we Wait. were really progressive before what? we weren't. I mean, what is she? Yeah, I no what idea. is that? I don't know. I don't yeah, know to start with that. That's an interesting Abraham Lincoln was half black, according to my coworker, um, and Jackie Onassis also black. Um, so wow. it sounds fake, but this is real things someone told me, and I'm just kind of delighted at this point. That's you know, at the end of time, where I'm just like, oh sure, that's pretty great. Yeah, um, ah. that and makes then, JFK, JFK cooler in my book. Frankly. And then we have well, a a president who also makes stuff up like that, and there's oh everything's fine. Okay, well yeah. wait, guys, here's kind of like a counterpoint. All right. So like I guess or like a like a supporting point, like which one the is way, it? Uh, well, I don't know. It's both. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but my point is, um, so like the, the, the whole thing, like nineteen eighty four, like everyone thinks the same stuff, and like as long as you have just crazy people out there, there's always hope, right? Because like you can't control crazy. So eventually, like uh-huh. like crazy beats crazy. Like like like. Like the people who like you know are supporting Trump, yeah, some of them just like maybe will just go along with it. But at some point, there'll be like a different crazy idea that they won't be able to suppress, and will come out and like just like I don't know, just it's like a whole like I trust the chaos, guys. Chaos will save us all. Weird that that would be your <laughs> argument. That you think would help is a little more chaos. Throw chaos. It's weird. It's not like that's your solution to everything. <laughs> I, I it's funny because after you made that point, I still don't know if it's a supporting or an or a contradictory point. <laughs> exactly, chaos. <laughs> uh, Amanda, since you're a big dystopia nerd, let's talk about the dystopia mm. stuff a little more. Um, what is it Yay. like? This is your original, so t- like, how do you how do you like how this world is constructed, or is there stuff that you prefer from other dystopias, or yeah, what's your over? What, how, how do you feel about this as a dystopia? Um, I, I enjoy dystopias, uh, that have that, the, the big government feel. I'm not a small government dystopia <laughs> fan as much. Wait, um, what dystopia is that? <laughs> whichever one you prefer, apparently. So, um, yeah, I, I like the, the incredibly creepy feeling of unease that you feel through the entire book. Um, the way that they, uh, the sense of being watched, um, yeah. it just permeates everything and it creeps me out every time I read it. Um, and I feel like that's pretty relevant to today as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not one of those super paranoid people that thinks the government is watching everything we do. Um, On the other hand, they are watching your Samsung smart TV. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, and that shit like that comes out and everybody just goes, yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. Of course, like, yeah. of fucking course. Yeah. I mean, yeah. on the plus side, like, it's kind of the same thing where it's like the hiding in, like, just a sea of other information. Like, that's a lot mm-hmm. of shit to go through. Like, like I spend a lot of time on a lot of screens at, you know, every day. Like, good luck with that, guys. <laughs> like, try to understand what I like. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's actually so. That there was that the story, right? That WikiLeaks just had that the CIA can like spy on your smart TVs. But what's mm-hmm. another thing that's I think is interesting about this, as whether or not it was predictive of what's actually happening right now, it feels like one of the things that 1984 missed really hard is corporations, because the government yeah, produces everything yeah. in this world, 
uh, as opposed to in the real world where it's like actually the government is like the tenth most most important company in controlling your life and spying on you right now. Mm-hmm. Like, because that story mm-hmm. about them spying on your smart TV came out a few weeks after we found out that the smart TV manufacturers had been using this weird system where they were spying on what you were watching without telling you on their own. And they were keeping records of everything you were spying uh, of everything you were watching. Um, so they could recommend stuff. And, and the way they did it was like, I don't know if you guys saw the story, but it was like, they could, um, it would just take one pixel of your television, whether you were watching uh, Netflix or something from actual TV or whatever, but it could take one pixel and just watch it and then match that to the database of what you were watching. So even if you watch something pirated on your smart TV, it could tell, and so it could help build a, a knowledge base about you. Like that was happening. And then we're mm, like, oh, uh, the government's also doing that. But like Samsung knows more than about you than the CIA does. They're better at spying. Well, A- Apple yeah, knows more about yeah. you than the, than the NSA, for sure. Google definitely well, they're, they're connected. Like, um, I, I, uh, I can't reference it in a way that's going to... Um, sound factual but, uh, <laughs> oh i can't wait is to hear this where from your co-worker <laughs> here we go so abraham lincoln right now um so, we, <laughs> so uh, there's, there's there's actually reports about how in the government has actually gone to internet companies like at&t and stuff and they've they've actually they're connected they've um how do I see it? It's like I'm, I, there's just enough not information in here to make it sound like complete bullshit and complete conspiracy, but it's not. Um, you, they they actually have um, in the internet. They're 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 the government. The the internet goes to the you know to AT and T or whatever. Like so, everything their their corner of the internet. Um, the, the government is actually downloading all of that information and they're just storing it. They don't know how to search any of it yet. They don't have computers yeah, fast this, enough. This to, was like, from the Snowden revelations, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Huh? This was from Snowden's yeah, revelations, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, thank gosh. When you guys back me up on that, it sounds crazy. But no, but they, but they do have access to everything that you've ever done on the internet, and and they they just don't know how to search it. They don't have the algorithms and stuff created yet. So and I'm, look, I'm so super, weird. I'm super pro technology, and I believe that this is like I'm not upset that Google knows a lot about me, and I would make that argument. I just think it's interesting reading this dystopia. That's like, oh no, there's no companies. It's just the government doing all mm-hmm. of this. And my, that's yeah. one place where I get really, uh, I'm really skeptical about this because the, the idea that the government would torture you to death over seven months just so that you would think the right thing before you die is laughable and silly to me. But the idea that mm-hmm. Google would track everything you ever do so that they can sell you some, an ad better makes perfect mm-hmm. sense to me. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just the thing that's missing from this is what is the the government's motive is we want pure eternal power and that is silly. What makes sense would be we want to do all of this to make money off you. Then I'm like, oh yeah, of yeah. course, there's a profit motive. Yeah, uh, I yeah, mean, but we we have historical uh, references to governments and people wanting pure eternal power though i don't feel like that's completely out of the realm of possibility no no, no for sure that they want it but that they would be able to achieve it on this scale without having the profit yeah. from it just seems unlikely i mean i don't know that much about what was happening in communist russia and obviously this was based on this was not like hey here's what america's gonna be like it was like looking mm-hmm. at russia um, yeah yeah and uh well, like whereas pixar was like looking at america and is like wally is where we're going <laughs> we're gonna have yeah. one plant, and they they were right. Yeah, I was gonna say this predates 
um, the uh, uh, North Korea, like the North mm-hmm. Korean yeah. government, the way it is. And, and it kind of really well, it, it better describes that, you know, as, you know, as a, as a place that they also have, um, you know, uh, prison camps where they just work you to death. And then like everybody's being like watched at all times and you, and they believe that the, the, the people in the party believe Kim Jong-il can fucking fly. Yeah. And, change time and he's and invented like airplanes and everything else. Yeah. So it, it very much that's actually describes. that's a good point. I uh, it definitely has more to do with North Korea than it does with a like what we think is happening in America right now, and especially the thing about the constant well, war as an excuse to not give the people anything because that's like the this is a the reports I've been reading about North Korea recently is like actually there's plenty of money they're just they have to seem like they're at war so they have an excuse not to give the people any of it so they can like oh no we have yeah. to you need to be poor because we're spending that money on bombs that's why they're always trying to start these fights uh, and uh, not because they want to actually fight us they just want their people to think they're in a war so they need mm. the money yeah but so oh yeah there's precedent to that i mean like well, i mean the fact that like we're constantly at war with like uh well we like that's why the military industrial complex really liked the uh cold war because they got to build up and keep taking money you know to right. build bombs and nukes and you know and build them you know and then now that we have the war on terror, it's like a very similar thing. And there was so much surplus of what they made that they had to just sell it to cops, you know, like right. as like secondhand. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. Well, this is it was for hilarious. Homeland Security. Wasn't though, really though. a joke there, but I- <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm totally fine with us having periods of not jokes. But sometimes we get far away from a joke, and I'm like, oh, remember when there was a joke here? And then I get sad because <laughs> um, the world is on fire, and I don't want to always think about it. Um, <laughs> right, and yeah, the militarized police is like real unfunny to me right now. Um, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Wait, side note, you know what'd be nice? Like something that would tell me how much I had to think about this stuff per week. Like I would <laughs> like, like the way like your parents have like a, where it's like if you care about the news for three hours, you can play video games for a half hour. Yeah, like like I want like what's my like Fitbit steps for caring about stuff? Because like <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm under it. Uh, but I'd like to know what the goal would be. I, I know you totally don't mean it this way, Ezra, but whoa, that sounds super privileged. <laughs> yeah, no, that's Man, so that is true. It does sound super The ultimate first world problem right there. But oh, also, God, yeah. how much do I have to care about this? That's true. No, and that's like, really fair. Is there a way to make, is there a way to make how much I care a consumable technological product that goes out of date every year so I can buy can a we, new can one? Can we gamify how uncomfortable I am? <laughs> man, that I was going to, man, I was so ready to riff on that, Ezra, but Amanda burned you so good. Yeah, no, it turns out. Although, right. looks like BB already hit my quota. I'm good to go. White people going to take care of me for another, like, three weeks. I was, yeah, I'm sorry. My privilege wrist is buzzing, so I'm fine. I'm off the hook now. Whew, if I didn't have this, I might feel kind of bad, but we're good, so... <laughs> No, 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 no. I still feel bad. <laughs> Good, you should. No, that is a funny idea, actually, because I, I do think there are big parts of the news right now that if you care too much about it, you'll just die because there's not much you can act on. And so if you just care about everything without being able to act, you're, you'll just your heart will pop. So it'd be nice yep. to have it be yeah. like this notification comes in from CNN and it's like, actually, this one you can work on. So read this story. But then, like, let some of the small ones go or something. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess how about yeah, yeah just at least like a like a like a empty calorie kind of emotional tracker I guess where it's like oh yeah this actually <laughs> like you know you're not gonna do anything about this like ever like this is not like a it's not actionable you like 
like focus your time on something that you actually can do something about. How yeah. is that? Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. That, is News, that nutrition, facts. I like, like that. How much fiber does okay. this story have? Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. I wish. Like, yeah. I wish that same thing. But like, every time I got like upset, the government would just give me some like somas to take. <laughs> See? And, uh, yes. That, I, wouldn't feel I, that I believe in that future. I believe in a future where the government is like, look, we have so much free drugs that don't have any long-term consequences. So anytime you're bummed, you'll just get free drugs. And everybody's like, all right, well, I do kind of like this government. I mean, you think it's free, but it's paid for by your taxes. So <laughs> sure, it's, not, it's sure. not really... You know. Haters, 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 haters. And I made myself so easy to love. All right, so now it is time for lightning bonus round. We're going into lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. Here we go. We gotta finish this shit up. So the first question that I have for you guys from lightning bonus round is uh, 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 room 101. So, uh, well, the question is, what is in your room 101? To which uh, Jeffrey on Facebook said, "Silly question. Everyone knows what's in room 101." Which touche. <laughs> um, but so 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 room one hundred and one. If if you haven't read this in a while, and the schmoop graphic didn't cover it, here's what uh, room one hundred and one is: the torture room. And what they do is they apparently give you your greatest fear, and then as an immediate knee jerk response, you offer to have your lover killed or something. Not killed, <laughs> just just that they have to take it. Yeah, just. But actually, I think that's that's fine because like the rat wouldn't have been that bad for. Okay, exactly. so yeah, so Winston hated rats. He got hooked up to like a rat machine, uh, which was gonna <laughs> spit spit rats at him, uh, and he was like, "No, don't spit rats at me! Like, uh, do it at Julia." But Julia didn't have a problem with rats; she would have been fine. Oh, like, it's not betraying her. It's such an interesting point because in that world, it's like whatever our greatest fear is, it's not the same as everybody else's. So if we share no. our fears, someone else, like yeah. whoever doesn't hate rats can take care of the rats machine, and uh, someone is like, "Like, I love heights," so I'd be like, "Let me have your heights machine," and yeah. And we could just yeah. This we is just this is one of Mayhew's uh, principles about uh, trade, right? Is that like that like trade can make everyone better, right? So yeah. you could just trade your your, your punishments, and they're like, oh yeah, I'll take all your I'll take all your rats, bring them over here. I Man, love rats. No I'm problem. So much more optimistic now. Anyway, so but I guess the question is just what is your like if something was put on a cage over your face? What is your what is that fear? Um, what what do you guys have? Do you guys have a problem with rats? First of all, and second of all, what would you do instead? Uh, rats are fine. Um, well, they're not like the best, but fine. I'm not a fan. But eh. Noriko, you live in rat uh, town I didn't now. think I was. Oh, I was like, I didn't think I had a problem with rats until uh, a six-pound one shoulder checked me on the way to the fucking subway the other day. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I I've said this broke. before on the show, but I one of my favorite parts of New York is the rats, and I know people are grossed out by them, but I just love that there is charismatic megafauna living in the subway tunnels i just it's so fun they're so cute Not charismatic right they're so charismatic I mean, they're yeah. adorable and they just hang out in the city there are not any there are not enough city animals in portland it's there's pigeons and that's it and i love wow. we got what or what else? the swoops what is they're called oh, the swifts the yeah, but birds are stupid. Sorry, I, I, want, the college. I want mammals. I want little... T- I like a, like when you see a raccoon. Like I know some people are freaked out. If I see a raccoon, best night of my life. I just They're adorable. They look like they're wearing ski masks. They have tiny... They yeah. wash their hands. <laughs> I mean, it's great. I like rats. So anyway, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sorry oh, well, you I, got children okay, checked. I, yeah. I was going to say, I thought so too, but it literally when one like... 
uh, uh, passage like just goes right between your legs when you're walking up some stairs. And so you can hear your nails on the uh, concrete. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm sure somebody's listening to this and really hating it. So I'm because that this <laughs> is that. other people's room one on one. But what what is your let's start with you as what's your actual one on one? Um, I mean, couldn't you just have another room one on one within it? Like, your, like room one on one all the way down is a, a <laughs> redundancy. <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, like, well, okay, so everyone knows from room 101, the worst thing in the world, and so that means that there's, it's just, it's all room 101s, right? Is, is it just constant anxiety of what's behind the door? Uh, oh, no, yeah, it's another door. Open the door. It's another room 101. It's like, oh, no, but this one, this one, this one. So, actually, if uh, that was the case, then what would happen is as soon as you actually go in 101, it would always be less than your fear of it. So, it's sort of like if the threat of room 101 doesn't torture you into loving Big Brother, then nothing in room 101 ever will. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. That's an interesting thought. Oh, wait. Wow, wait no, well, I'm sorry. Sorry. We need a second infinite war to fund a, a project that big. <laughs> we just don't have the budget. Uh, I think my my room 101 is uh, uh, walking through my parents' garage to the trash can in the dark. Ooh. That was all. That was so tough growing up, and is, like as an adult, isn't that the same as being scared of rats? I still don't like it. No, rats are adorable. Anything could be in the garage. <laughs> I think it's murderers, which is weird because no, I never even came close to being murdered as a kid. But I was really afraid of murderers popping out of places. Oh, okay. um, that's fair. Uh, as an adult, I, my room one one is more like publicly doing something wrong. Like, oh, like uh, I got on a plane the other day and I thought someone was sitting in my seat and I was like, "Excuse me, I think I'm in thirty four J." And she was like, "This is row thirty five And I was like, mortified. That everyone had heard me <laughs> come in like so confident about what row number I was talking about, and then this, I was wrong, and it just sucked. like when you tried to correct Smoop, uh, Smoop. Yeah, exactly. And, and oh or, man, that was the worst. Wrong. Oh god. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Amanda? What's your room on one? Uh, it would be uh, faceless people. Oh. Like, people in morph suits freak me the fuck out, and I did not know this until the first time I was in person with a dude in a morph suit, and I was like, oh, God, I have to get away. I have to uh, cross the street. I have to get away. Amanda, side question. Do you like just faces without people? Is that better? <laughs> uh, you know, honestly, I could handle that better, yeah. Just a yeah. bunch of faces? I mean, right, my, cool. my embarrassment about guys in morph suits is that you can see the entire dick and balls. And it, it does make it worse that you can see their genitals and not their faces. Exactly. Like I can't see your face, but your dick is making worse a big appearance. Or better. <laughs> Definitely worse. Definitely okay. worse. Thanks Fair for enough. asking. Thanks for double checking. Final answer, worse. <laughs> uh, also, I realized another thing that could be my room one one. Yeah. Just people dropping ice cream. Oh. <gasps> no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's just as bad as having a rat chew through your face. <laughs> that is equivalent. That's a good point. <laughs> Wait, is it because you hate the wastefulness, or you hate how sad people get? What is it about that? Oh, both, both. Although I'm kind of worried I'm becoming uh, coming off as a little bit out of touch with this and the other comments about you know wishing that I could stop caring about things. <laughs> you know what's bad, guys? When ice cream falls on the ground, worst thing ever. Yeah, the... especially after I've spent so much time caring. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like yeah, this, this is the ice cream I got as a treat for Karen for a whole hour. <laughs> oh my I god! I feel like my, my my populism veneer might be slipping this episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, ice cream falling. <laughs> that's just, that's just as bad as having 
faithless people terrorize you for no reason. Yeah. What if there's a reason? Does that make it better? Just uneaten sweets going to waste. Nariko, what's your one-on-one? Could your mind handle it? By the way, Ezra, what's happening to you right now is my room one-on-one. Okay. <laughs> Everyone realizing you just said something embarrassing that yeah. showed a massive amount of privilege, just mortifying. No, no, that was also going to be mine, but I didn't want to harp on it any more than I had to. <laughs> All right, Narika, what's your what's what's strapped to your face? Uh, <laughs> uh, it sounds less sexy now. I don't know what. Um, <laughs> no, I. Honestly, yeah, I think in my room 101 would be uh, just people explaining um, th- their favorite commercial to me. Um, <laughs> it's, oh. it's, I, want, I want to cut my own throat with a broken ashtray every time it happens. <laughs> I can't handle it. Wait, this seems like it's become less about your greatest fear and more like your greatest annoyance. Because if it's oh, that, yeah. then well, either I... way, I want to die real bad. <laughs> <laughs> there are um, other ways to get out of that conversation, it. but I mean, you'll probably figure that out. <laughs> I, I, if, if I had a free toe, I would gouge my own eyes out with it. <laughs> like, I hate. Wait, do you have to pay for your toes? I have never heard someone be so upset about commercial explaining. Like, people telling me their dreams makes me want to do that, but commercials. That's, ugh, that's yeah, definitely yes. That's that's shitty for sure, but a commercial, I'm like, there's like at least there's a value in a dream, somewhat. You know what I mean? Like it was art your mind made. Oh, like, but what the about the, the dream, one? <laughs> what about that one where uh, the dream the, where I was tempted to buy something? I'm sorry. <laughs> what about that one commercial where there was uh, the marching band and then they let the don't wolves... do this to me right now? <laughs> oh man! Surprise! Uh, this is room 101. Oh, side note: art uh, your mind made is totally, such a good way of talking about dreams. I really yeah. do like that. There yeah. we go. That's that was a. I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that. And own it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And uh, okay, so it's it's a toss up between people just um, explaining uh, their favorite commercial to me, and then maybe like a sweater just made out of still wriggling cockroach legs, and that's it. That's oh. the two. <laughs> oh. Wow, not the same level, but wow. <laughs> See, this is I know, why I have a new fear. I feel bad, Dorigo, about. Uh, immediately subjecting you to the thing that you said you hated the most in the world. But the reason was the commercial explaining is the only one of our greatest fears so far that works well on a podcast. Cause I can't just put a, if I could put a cockroach sweater on you right now, I would test it out just to see how it felt, but I couldn't, but I could well, tell I, you about a commercial. I guess it's true. I guess my second one is more hypothetical than like, yeah. a, it would take a lot. Well, of just one of them's audio based. Um, I want to read yeah. you just a couple. Yeah. We have a couple of great listener suggestions. Um, Jeffrey, at, who uh, who burned me on the silly question, also said, but probably heights, which would be hard to fit in a basement. And <laughs> first of all, I do feel bad for people who don't like heights because heights are rad. Um, <laughs> and second of all, uh, it does seem like a flaw in this whole room 101 thing that some people's greatest fears are bigger than others. Because mm. I'd love it if you're like, you go into room 101 and he's like, you know what's coming, and you're like, oh, no, a pack of elephants. And he was like, what else you got? <laughs> I was like, sorry, we didn't have the budget for that. I feel like just O'Brien's really going to be making fun of me a lot about my privilege. It's like, wow, wow, ice cream, huh? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's nice for sure, Ready? Really, really have a tough time out there, huh? Wow. Well, this is or this is what I like is like Nariko's yeah. in the chair, 
and O'Brien is uh, is holding a, a a mask with a rat in it, and Noriko's like a sweater made of cockroach legs, and he's and O'Brien just goes, oh. He's like, uh, yeah, no, that's what I have back here. Uh, let me just, uh, I'll be right back. Uh, it's in the other room. Uh, I gotta go. Yeah, because like that rat mask is easy. It's the right size. Everyone can do that. But there's so many things that are harder to fit in there. Um, what do you just? The other guys got to figure also? out how to loom together. Like, yeah, so it's got a cricket loom. They've been putting still together. living. Yeah. <laughs> they gotta get it fast before they stop pushing. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I went to the CN Tower in Toronto the other day, um, which is their ripoff mm-hmm. of the Space Needle, and they, it has a glass right. floor. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one's first, so that may have been the other way around with the ripoff. But anyway, they have a grass, glass floor you can walk on, and here's the best part of the glass floor. It creaks. <laughs> and it's like, it's like four and a half feet thick. It can hold two whales. It is so strong. They could make it not creak, but they chose to let it creak. Oh. <laughs> and that is The fact that it awesome. creaks makes me want to walk on it more than I ever did. I know, you know I, I know. Like, I loved it. Oh, it was so good. Um, yeah. Oh, God. All of my organs just clenched. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's so gnarly. I also clenched everything. Well, and this is one of the things I like about Heights is that like when I, try, when I was walking across the glass, I was like, there were these two like business bros, and they were like ribbing each other about trying to like, – like they made a bet of who could walk all the way across it and back without flinching. And I was like, oh, you guys think you're so tough, but you're not tough. I'll do it. And I like, and I'm fine about it mentally. But as soon as I stepped on it, my body was like, we we're going to tiptoe at best. And I, it's, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, it's interesting I, to have I something so visceral. I can't stop this feeling right now. So, good. <laughs> Man, this Room 101 talk is gnarly. All right. Uh, Leslie said, uh, wearing minimal clothes and being locked in a closet filled with angry bees, wasps, and hornets would probably get me to sell out nearly anyone. Which yeah, I love, yeah. I love you. Was, but that, like, don't, if you're yeah, wearing a shirt, that would suck. One, one, one. <laughs> sorry, go ahead, Enrico. Mm. Oh, I was gonna say sorry. For, I was gonna say part of the room one on one thing is that it's like a fear. So like, um, you know, that it's as much pain as it is fear or whatever. So like, right. um, I don't know. I think just, I mean, you know, you could just dump acid on your body or whatever, and you'd be like, oh, this, uh, you know, like, but yeah, it's gotta be. Yeah, that seems more painful. That's why I like the like angry bees because they don't want to sting you because they'll die, right? Like they're just the buzzing is terrifying, but the like they're not actually probably right. going to hurt you that much. Um, well, if side one note, guys, you, then oh sorry, no. oh no, I was just I was saying, side note, I'm going to make friends with bees tomorrow. Uh, Sarah and I are doing a beekeeping, uh, like like we're going to keep some bees, like class. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, because I feel like I know aren't there all the bees dying? I feel like we should like yeah yeah keep them now because they're you know, wherever they're going with like you know I gotta hang on to my bees. Yeah yeah, you, you gotta <laughs> go. Lesson. You gotta meet them before they're gone. This is like their farewell tour, and you're gonna go see meet them while they're show. hot. <laughs> uh, Noriko, what were you saying? Oh, uh, uh, about uh, bees. Uh, I don't know. I think of all those. Oh, it, it's gone. Between bees, wasps, yeah. and hornets, I think it would be better if it was mosquitoes because mosquitoes do want to sting you. They're not just mad. Ugh. They love Ugh. stinging you. And the fact that they're enjoying it makes me even angrier. <laughs> like, I mean, wait, wait. They, they just want to reproduce, dude. They, only the females do it, like, and they just do it so they can have, like, you know, kids. Dog. Well, but they're eating. Yeah, who can bite you more? Right. Well, yeah, sure, making more All kids right. to live in my body. But also, aren't they eating your blood? They're not just inject. They're not eggs. They're for eating. Right yeah, there. no, no, but they, yeah, they knew you, the the by taking out the blood, 
like that's how they like get the I guess the, I don't know some vital nutrients I guess to make eggs. I don't know it's the just whole the thing. idea that they're because like I know how happy I am when I eat. Like the the idea that they're that getting that much satisfaction and hurting uh, me. Yeah, that's fair. Like they're one of like, the worst uh, things. Yeah. One of the Big worst things about the presidency right now is knowing that he's happy at any moment. Just uh, like oh, when, I don't think he is. He's not most of the time, but the idea, like when he's golfing or something, like it just just really gets under my skin the idea that like or or Paul Ryan, the fact that Paul Ryan gets to be happy sometimes just really bums me out. Oh right. <laughs> uh, every yeah. time that guy... So wait, is that in room one and one? Just like Paul Ryan, just like oh, just, man. just like just oh, giving God. a mild smile. Yeah, just like no. twiddling his thumbs and like stoked. Oh. What is it about Paul Ryan's smile that makes you makes me think that every time, like his smile is directly caused by some little kid somewhere stubbing his toe? Yeah. Like it's like <laughs> the two. Are your, oh man, yeah. Kid, Oh. He's he's just got that look of a man who kicks puppies for fun. Yeah, he's like just you totally. Could just, you could just tell he's like right, like all the time. He's just a, he's thinking about like insurance companies denying claims. He's just like, hmm. Yeah. Ooh, uh, Ooh. Yeah. How, guys, oh, how about yeah. this as a pitch? He smiles, um, yeah, he smiles like it's directly proportional to somebody else's misery. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. As pitch, um, pitch me. Well, okay, pitch. Uh, Chrome plugin. That uh, does a face swap uh, for every picture of Paul Ryan with Eddie Munster, like so you just never have to see him again. <laughs> I mean, that'd be kind of fun. What would happen yeah. is I would forget about it. Weird... I'd forget I installed that, and I'd be like, "Why is Eddie Munster here again?" <laughs> Eddie Munster, what are you doing with the Affordable Hair Care Act? <laughs> uh, man, Leslie's thing about the by, about the wasps and the bees. I didn't read the last part, which is. Um, seeing them behind the screen and the screen slowly lowering and Ooh, I'm yeah. freaking myself out right oh. now. And I just wanted to add that because this is so freaky. All right. A couple yeah. more real quick. Uh, Lindsay said tiny tunnels or an endless stream of busy work with constantly changing priorities and parameters. <laughs> huh? Oh, that was good. Man, work where you're like, it's, it's tedious and you are not being rewarded for it. Where you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm doing this right and it's boring. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> Uh, and Kellen said, a crowd of people yeah. staring at me, silently judging me, which I'm fine with. It's the out loud judging that really makes me feel bad. <laughs> Just being teased really gets me. But uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. anyway, I loved this. This is real. F- this was a more fun uh, discussion than I was expecting. Um, so if you want to play lightning bonus round, go to facebook.com slash read and weep or on Twitter at read underscore weep. Or you can join the, the weekly weep uh, uh, on, on Medium or by going to facebook.com slash read and weep. Or sorry, by going to read-weep.com and just signing up on the mailing list. Anyway, any of the ways you get in touch with us, we'll put out the question and we'll let you know each week what our lightning bonus round of the week is. And then um, the last thing for lightning bonus round, I just want to give you guys really quick a list of good things that happened in the year 1984. Because <laughs> there's all this negative 1984 propaganda that we've been reading right now. And I just want to tell you some good things. So the first <laughs> Apple Macintosh, Miami Vice, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, <laughs> Ghostbusters, and mm. Me. Ghostbusters. No, and me. I never saw right. Ghostbusters and me. No, just Ghostbusters. No, but about me though. <laughs> Ghostbusters and meat? Is that what you're saying? Me. I think we had meat before 1984. I, I came out in 1984. <laughs> came out of what? Well, let's not think about that part. <laughs> Good, for you. Good for you. Remember being buddy. warmer. Um. Anyway, yeah, the Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's fun stuff. Um. All right, let's lightning bonus round. Now, uh, the last thing we're gonna do, we're gonna do our oh. minor. What? Also the uh, oh sorry, sorry no, real quick the, the also the album uh, 1984 by Van Halen. 
So just oh, that, throw that out there. That makes there. sense. <laughs> Some of Excellent. you may have already there noticed go. there was a uh, 1984 Van Halen reference in the theme music today. You guys don't notice that because I put that in post, but I had already decided to do that. Oh, right. I didn't. I was going to put a song. I was probably going to do Jump, but I was going to put Jump uh, at the beginning. And then no one would. And like one person would be like, oh, that's from that album. Great joke, Alex. Yeah. Well, no, you you might as well jump. That's that's probably a good idea. Well, they they could still have thought that before we got to this part. That's that's why I'm okay with it now, is I'm hoping the people who didn't get it are like, oh, that's so clever. I will never make fun of you in public. All right. Um, <laughs> this is what you want everyone to say. Now, minor compliment. We're going to go one more nice thing about the book. We're going to go in reverse order. So, Ezra, you're up first. What is your last uh, nice thing about 1984 you're going to say for the show? Oh, man. Wait, Tetris also came out in 1984. Oh. <laughs> nice. That was a good year. Yeah, what a gr- Man, everything that came out in 1984 is good. I mean, most of it. Sorry, that was probably too aggressive. <laughs> like Police ten, Academy. Ten things, including me, were We've great. We've had a better president. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, all right. Ez, Mark Allen. Um. Okay. Uh. I. I mean. I honestly. I think. Like. There is a. There's a. No retreat. No surrender. Version of 1984, where we follow the rat's life that I'm super interested in. Oh. Like. What if the rat is more afraid of you than you are of it? Yeah. Like the rat is right also in, in room 101, and it's like my greatest fear is people's faces. <laughs> I just hate people. The worst fear is being no in a tight cage here. and a giant face coming towards me. Yeah, but yeah, well, I, I think it would really that 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 rat would really have to question a lot of things. Like, so I, I picture like Winston just like in the yeah, you know, like you know, in the bar you know, or in the cafe drinking you know, at the end. Like, uh, but the rat's just right there, like you know, next to him, just like it's like oh. Like, I did not have a good month. <laughs> Winston pops the gin and is like, man tough life and he looks over and there's a rat drinking a thimble with gin in it and is like tell me about it <laughs> oh that's adorable all right uh um, oh me uh my minor compliment man so like i said i read this a while ago um and i didn't remember it that much i thought but what's a, this book has so many this is a very genuine compliment just iconic images that are so strong and the rats in the face is one of them. Like whenever I talk about whenever 1984 comes up with Megan and I, uh, we just somebody usually says rats in the face because that's like the strongest <laughs> image from this book is rats in the face. Um, and I have some, vi- but but as I was reading it, I kept having these vivid like visceral flashbacks to the first time I read it. So like the moment where they find out that the painting has a telescreen behind it and like the voice booms through that painting was so powerful the first time I read it. Mm. And as I got there, I remember I was like, oh, yeah, this is the book with that painting. That's so intense. And then, uh, like, because I, and, you know, I do remember being kind of happy for them and thinking, like, oh, things are going to work out. They have a sex and coffee apartment. This is the (laughs) best thing. It's all they do there is have sex and drink coffee. Like, what a happy, happy place. And then, boom, telescreen. Um, But just so many, like, super vivid things. And, like, the memory hole is just iconic and, and, and vivid and strong and just so many things like that. I mean, it's really an incredible like cultural I- item to have gotten through mm. on so, mm-hmm. for so many different things. That's my compliment. That was so sincere and earnest. That's a hundred percent earnest. Yeah. Um, I like that. Yeah. Well, somebody will joke and save us. Uh, how about you? Amanda? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Ezra, no, take one more swing. I mean, you can't miss if you don't, if you don't try. 
Everything, everything I'm saying recently has revealed to me that I'm a person of incredible privilege. Uh, and no, I'm but you live a tough life. Now, you're, <laughs> you're, you're fun Groupon for beekeeping. Like it's a, you're, you're doing uh, it. I feel like I feel like anyone who can like choose to keep bees yeah. is not a great person necessarily. I just I. I'm really, really having a lot of questions, guys. Can I like somebody whose greatest okay. concern is life is I've heard there aren't going to be more bees. I'm on. <laughs> well, have you? Did you see B movie? It turns out they're important. No, according I didn't. to B movie, oh. neither did anybody else. I think. Yeah. No. Sorry, Jerry. I remember uh, Jerry, Jerry tweeted recently, like, "Does anyone else want to see B movie too?" And then there were, when I looked at it, there was like one favorite, and <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's too bad. You're." Well, you if there are more bees alive, then people want to see the bee movie more. All right, Amanda, what's your minor compliment? Uh, my minor compliment is that uh, the um, uh, double speak yeah. has prepared me for a president that uses words like bigly. Yeah. Also, alternative facts yeah. is a very 1984 that is phrase. That is double plus ungood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually remember this. Is nothing I remember as a, as a high schooler remembering thinking that double plus on good seemed like a smart way to do language. Uh, yeah, like it, it makes sense. And I don't think that's the right takeaway from this book. And then it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, come, why is why is no one cutting out all the adjectives from this dictionary? It's <laughs> not a great kid. That, that is not how English works. Certainly, <laughs> we're like. Give us all the adjectives. We're going to take all of them. But isn't so? There are languages that have dictionaries that are written like this. You know, they're like, mm-hmm. aren't French and Italian both pretty like tightly controlled? Don't they have like uh, language police? French at least does, but I don't know yeah, that they're they're fighting a winning battle. Right. And and that yeah. was a oh, it also wasn't. A, I think Merriam-Webster was originally very prescriptive. It was like changed a bunch of spellings to have a more American version of a lot of stuff and some of it caught on and some of it didn't but they were like or maybe it was just Webster anyway one of them was trying to do that anyway fun facts about language I remember a little bit from a while ago uh, <laughs> um, you know if they wanted to do that I think wouldn't they just like just get to autocorrect like if you really want to like just change words around like I think you just that's really it, what it is it's just get into Siri's yeah. mind and then we're, you know, we're right back to corporations it, exactly if Apple and yeah. Google together decided that a word was spelled differently and just autocorrected it all the time we it, we would it's give done. in it would be because it's too yeah. annoying to change an autocorrected word yeah especially if it's a long word oh, oh. Yeah. yeah yeah no way uh, all right Noriko your last you get the last yeah. word today what's your minor compliment for 1984. Oh man! Well, there's. I, I think the subtext of dating after the soft apocalypse. It's like a real good. <laughs> it's a real great like how to. It's it's nice. It is a little bit of a walkthrough. A uh, I told you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> first, first off, you know uniforms. That takes a whole angle right out of. You know, first date shit. Yeah, what do like I wear? Just, you're like, my overalls, probably. I'm going to wear what I have to wear. And uh, this wear is, what she has to wear. This is definitely the most that people have ever had sex uh, wearing overalls, I'm going to say. Like, this is the only. <laughs> this is what it takes, I think, for overalls to like, to make I, it come see, back and be this. This is the, a different kind of privilege, but obviously you've never been on farmersonly.com. Huh. <laughs> but is everyone wearing overalls there? Or just some people? I guess half of the people are probably wearing overalls. At least half. It's- is there like a mechanicsonly.com? Oh, those are coveralls. <laughs> totally different coveralls. thing. 
I, pilots, I, maybe. As far as the dating goes, I like that uh, it was a um, it was a Sadie Hawkins future. It was like you wait till she gives you oh, a yeah. love note. It's or it's like Bumble. It's like you, there's a better reference. You have to wait for her to swipe on you first. I, you know what? Uh, Actually, I mean, this is more um, uh, generalizing, but I feel like uh, ladies would be a lot like they're just um, better with that kind of thing, and 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 they would be better at like. I'm gonna let him know what what needs to be done because she did a ton of like stopping. Like, look, you're gonna meet me here. You're gonna say this. You're gonna touch hands three times in the dark. Yeah. Whatever. I'm like, I just feel like all the good planning would be done by by women in the future. Like you thought this. that was like, super hot. You were like, sense. man, I love that she's doing all the date work. She's got all the <laughs> ideas. Well, because the guy would just be like, you know, running around like, you know, like he was like super stupid and not know it <laughs> anything. What does she like me? I have no idea. She just sat near me near the two minutes during the two minutes of hate what does that mean you know like he doesn't know yeah. but yeah but I, I, like, uh, I just liked her good communication regardless of the gender or stereotypes I just liked that she was very clear oh, about right. what she liked in her relationship what she wanted and she got it I think it's great yeah, yeah absolutely um and then like uh there's that red sash that she wears like to let her know like she's part of the anti-sex league I'm like that's like that take that's like somebody pre-swiped left for you. You know what I mean? Like, oh, <laughs> she's wearing a CTR ring. I don't want you know any parts. You know. Well, no but what's you know, I don't know. What's funny about that is that it turns out she is the most pro-sex that he's met, and so right. it's sort of like a CTR ring. It's like that that idea that all of the Mormon kids were secretly really into doing it, and that's uh, which, in my experience, not true. <laughs> right um probably shouldn't yeah. say that but then, in my uh, experience dating a mormon it turned out sometimes they mean it yeah. <laughs> and and with the dating oh, thing no also, comment uh, no comment yeah no all, i shouldn't have commented uh, you guys are right on this one i am way far out on this limb here and i'm not liking that it's <laughs> creaking and it could not creak <laughs> shows. and there's no business bro doing it worse uh, yeah, all right, Narika, yeah, I'm gonna and, cut you off there because the I feel like that was a good ending. Oh. If you're all right, what? Did you have more, or is that? I feel like a good ending to me. If you're, oh, that's fine. That's good. Good, good, perfect. Great ending. Everybody, that is it for our show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back again next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about the 1993 film Tombstone, starring Val Kilmer. A lot of people, but especially Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. It, sh- it was a movie that meant a lot to me as a kid. For some reason, it was one of the first films I ever got. I watched it a million times, and I have a great panel of comics with me next week to talk about that. So make sure you download that as soon as it hits your feed. Also, uh, I haven't said this in a while, but uh, you can still go to Amazon.com if you want to support our show. So anytime you're buying stuff on Amazon, go to Amazon.com and a portion <laughs> benefits us. A-M-I-N-A-Z-O-N. Uh, thanks for being here, Amanda. Thanks for putting off your dinner party for us. Skeptic.org and at Amandable on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I like at Always Amandable. Always happy to be here. Because it sounds like at a Amandable. thing. Yeah. It's a bone joke. Haha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also at Ezra Fox uh, rarely on Twitter but he's there sometimes 
Yeah, is that like another thing of my privilege that I can avoid Twitter? <laughs> I mean, no, Twitter is full of credit. things that you have to care about, so... Well, but, uh, but to your but credit, also, it could be your, Okay, like, but it's full of terrible f- people, is it like... Uh, am I allowed to avoid terrible people, or do I have to hang out with them also? No, you're you're a white dude. You gotta hang out with the terrible people. <laughs> Well, you don't get you don't get a I get to go away from the terrible people pass. Oh, that's interesting. That's kind of harsh, but okay. uh, well, I'll take it. <laughs> you got to. Uh, and then at Nariko Ott with an underscore in the middle, N A R I K O underscore O T T. Yeah, you know me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that was a generous amount of laughter for a really dumb joke, Nariko, and it means the world to me. <laughs> that's the first time I've heard that that's great uh, well and check Noriko out uh, d- doing a lot of stand up around the New York area now um, and also yeah. might be providing you some pizza <laughs> I don't get it <laughs> uh, I don't know if, if you want to talk about this but Noriko moved to New York to help open a pizza place Okay, that's cool. <laughs> he moved to New York to help <laughs> open a pizza place. I, f- I hear they need them. Oh, yeah. They, there was a niche, and <laughs> we were like, what city doesn't have what? You <laughs> decided to bring <laughs> your classic Portland-style pie. Yep, our classic, authentic Portland-style pizza. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, which we deliver it via slack line, just like we do in Portland. (laughs) Our ovens are heated with internet outrage. Uh, (laughs) That's now you get it, Ezra. Now you're all caught up. Great, all right, it's worth it. Well, you guys, thank thank you guys so much for talking. This is a really fun episode, and uh, now let's go back to that world on fire. Yeah. (laughs) All right, we'll see you next week. Goodbye.